Previously, on the stream, our party found themselves in the company of two unlikely companions, strangers that they met in the ice wield. A fight almost occurred between the group and these two strangers until a peace was able to be brokered between them just with a little bit of sharing of information. They found that Demita Anje, the Briar Watch uh, Ranger that the group had met just the day prior, was injured and in the care of these two strangers, who named themselves to be Kaisa and Yua, a woman of the Legion, <laughs> and a young girl that she is escorting northward to a roasted all. The party sets out with this group after encountering the remnants of the White Fang Dragonborn tribe that they briefly had a encounter with before, and then once again uh, bloodied the snow uh, with the uh, viscera of these dragonborn assailants as they exited the weald and headed north with Kaisa and Yua in tow. Uh, with the advice of Kaisa, they were guided to a faster route rather than taking the main road and briefly camped out uh, just south of the town they were heading towards. During the night, Maisel found that she was able to, uh, with the help of a little magical assistance, create a bonfire, uh, experiencing for the first time spellcraft. As well, the party found themselves greeted by a specter of snow and wind that left a gift for Drang, a piece of the anchor left destroyed at the center of the ice wield. After passing the night sitting by the fire and talking, Maisel doing a lot of it. Oh, hey, no video on stream? Transition. <laughs> Look at that. There it is. There's video on stream now. See, like I said, wow. egg on my face. <laughs> but no one could see the egg. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. See, that's where we haven't started yet, so it's all good. <laughs> no, one's no one's playing D&D just yet, so it's it's perfectly fine. Um, you suckers can get an audio recap like everybody else. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, so the party found themselves uh, sharing conversation by firelight, and eventually each and every one of them uh, found themselves uh, drifting off to sleep. Only after Maisel did uh, destroy the uh, arcane weapon carried by Yua. Okay, but on accident. <laughs> in an attempt to understand <laughs> it and use it. You're leaving out three hours of Ozzy attempting to convince Maisel to shoot a gun just once. <laughs> and then yeah, look at it, all the good it did. And then doing it very badly. <laughs> or, or really well, depending on your, your perspective. <laughs> As everyone finds themselves slowly drifting to sleep, the night encroaches. As the night grows long, the shadows reach forward from the darkness towards the warm yellow halo of Maisel's campfire. The blackness squeezing the light tighter and tighter until it has all but died. While the majority of the party is kept warm by the aid of the magic of the Lyra Stone in Ozzy's possession, Drang lays silently in her bed dug out of snow, quite some distance away to avoid the warmth. Drang, your slumber is an uncomfortable one. The ache and deep clawing tiredness burned into you through your hand leaves you restless. But, 
As you struggle to find true comfort in your rest, the discomfort suddenly fades. A cool wave rolls over you and the sickness burned into both your flesh and spirit begins to relent. And as you begin to sink deeper and deeper into a cool sleep, as if the snow itself is swallowing you up, you begin to dream. You open your eyes to find yourself standing in a shallow pool of water, but less a pool than an ocean as its perfect mirrored surface stretches on as far as you can see, still and unbroken in all directions, reflecting the painted sky above on its surface. The sky is a deep blue with swirling streaks of white and gray clouds, hiding the bright sun from beating down on you but not fully swallowing up the sky. Gently, a soft snowfall begins. Light, fluffy motes of snow drift lazily from the clouds above. As you cast your gaze across the scenery, you finally catch a glimpse of something besides yourself. A figure, just in the distance, standing with its back to you. Their shape, white and blurry, almost as if out of focus, the edges of their shape bleeding into the space around them. Think I approach? I mean, it's a dream, so it's hard to be sure exactly what you're doing and why, but I think I approach. <laughs> they begin to turn to face you. The edges of their body clearer now. They are almost like a shape made of smoke or mist. The milky white wisping and swirling at the edges of their form dissipating into the air. Their arms vanish into their form. You see now that their form is that of a tall humanoid, nearly as tall as yourself, without the antlers. More striking, however, is their long, wolf-like face. Their arms, which again seem to blend into the rest of their body, begin to reach out towards you, hands cupped like they are holding something. They are. The piece of the anchor, the totem. It rests gently in their hands, slowly humming with the pulse of that gentle blue light. The stark white visage of this figure is suddenly broken as it opens its eyes. Like spotlights, these eyes open and cast that same blue light upon you. As it stares, with two large circles of pure blue light, like discs. As it stares, large, relentless tears begin to pool and pour from their eyes. The tears falling and splashing into the water below, but not before freezing into ice before they impact. Their hands still open out towards you. They let go. And the stone drops. And just as you feel it is about to impact the water below, there's a gust of wind as this figure turns to little more than a breeze and a gust of snow and wind blowing through you. And as you expect to hear the stone splash into the water below, it clatters. 
on the frozen surface of the water as it begins to spread and freeze. Freezing further and further still, rapidly, as the stone comes to a rest on the frozen surface, the water freezes, freezing you in place, freezing everything. And then you wake up, clutching the stone in your hand tight to your chest. You wake, and it is morning. The snow has stopped, the wind has mostly relented, and it is quiet. Ozzy, you are conscious for the most part. But Drang, you find yourself really the first person to be awake and approaching the day. Feeling for the first time in some time truly rested as your exhaustion is now gone. I think uh, Drang's going to get started on building a fire for the others. Okay. The fire has since died. It is now completely uh, just slight smoldering embers. Ozzy, like I said, you are technically awake if you'd like to be. Um, You are able to hear the movement of Drang outside, but everyone else is sleeping in the tents. Yeah, I'll exit the tent, see what's up. Also, also say point of order uh, that uh, Maisel fell asleep by the fire um, alongside uh, Demira, who was left there by the fire. Yeah, the two of them are, are laying by the, the smoldering embers. Luckily enough, the, the cold seemed to have uh, lessened in the night, so uh, they haven't frozen to death, luckily enough, but it's definitely chilly. Um, there is but the budding... A glimpse of morning light on the horizon um, kind of beginning to uh, take over the sky slowly but surely. Jang's going to very carefully walk around the the sleeping children and (laughs) as soon as Ozzy steps out of the tent he shouts, good morning! (laughs) (laughs) It it wakes Maisel instantly. Demita is still kind of just Holding on to to life, but unconscious. <laughs> Good morning. You're a bully, you know that. <laughs> you you just woke up. You don't have any other words. A good morning, you know. Good morning, you thank, bully. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> Sorry to wake you, Mizzle. I am not. <laughs> good morning, Osius. Good morning, Drang. Lovely dreams. I hope. Yes, thank you. Glad to hear it. Um, can we go? <laughs> it's around now that uh, Kaisa emerges from the second of the two tents, and she steps out sans Yua by herself. Um, she's wearing a like heavy cloak over her body. She doesn't seem to be wearing her armor. And she looks out at all of you and just kind of like surveys you all there's a brief moment where you almost feel like she has this like realization of like oh shit yeah them (laughs) (laughs) i forgot we weren't traveling alone um (laughs) and she kind of just like nods and she says um morning all of you morning we were ready to continue north yes uh yeah, the sooner the better. We're burning daylight here. 
she looks That's at the right. horizon and she says, <laughs> uh, not much of it yet, but you are correct nonetheless. I'll grab Yua and we will ready to depart. And she just nods and steps back into the tent. Ozzy steps back over to his tent and begins to shake it and says, Wakey, wakey, Zaf! <laughs> Not even like, your tent! <laughs> <laughs> Mine now. <laughs> Zeph pokes his head out, and he's kind of like, like, kind of greasy black hair is like stuck to his face and like pushed back and sticking out from behind. He's like, what? What? Huh? Hmm? And he, like, when he sticks his head out, it's freezing outside the tent, so he's just like, alright, okay, yep. I'm up. I'm up. And he crawls back inside, and you hear rustling. (laughs) A moment later, he emerges, bag and cloak on, and tired, but ready to go. I just want to scamper over to uh, Demeter really quickly and see if I notice if he's uh, uh, doing alright, if he's gotten any worse or anything that I can surmise about his situation. Make a medicine check. Um, I'm not going to learn anything from that. That's a seven. Hard to say. He's holding a yeah. life. He's his breathing is shallow. It's concerning. Um, you don't know enough to, to say for certain if there's anything you should be truly concerned about, but you are concerned nonetheless because you're you. So Zeph uh, steps out. He's ready to go. He looks at all of you um, expectedly, uh, and after another moment, Yua and Kaisa emerge from their tent. Uh, Kaisa now, once again, wearing the black iron plate mail that she was wearing before. Helm slung under her her arm. And Yua has her now broken rifle across her back. Okay. Um, I'm gonna, now that I have so many more spell slots, I'm gonna cast Goodberry. We're gonna, we're gonna start the day with breakfast. Okay. <laughs> um, so I'm gonna distribute some little some little mild berries that are technically closer relatives of apples than blueberries, although they are in the blueberry family. We've talked <laughs> about Saskatoons. Don't, it's <laughs> fine. Welcome to the stream. <laughs> Welcome to the stream, Saskatoon berries. Don't Saskatoon worry about Watch it. 2020. It's a one day's nourishment in one of these, so make sure everyone has a good single berry breakfast. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take my gorp and eat it. Yeah, absolutely. Up to yeah, I can make up to ten, so we're good. Thank you, uh, Drang. Uh, mm. We are running a bit low on the rations, I thought. Mm. We are not far from the city, but traveling on an empty stomach is unpleasant. Can you, uh, Kaisa? Can Kaisa you make a you ham? Are. I cannot. Uh, that is disappointing, Drang. <laughs> Ozzy kind of shuffles off. <laughs> Kaisa, Kaisa does sort of interrupt a little bit, and she says, This is a good idea, being well-fed. Um, we will arrive in no more than half a day, a third. If we make good pace north, we'll arrive in this the town soon. Then, shall we? Mm, yes, uh, you are the smaller tent. I will get the larger. And the two kind of split up and start breaking down the tents and rolling them up and throw them back onto the back of the Mastiff. 
and you are just strength's gonna help out with this she's a good camp helper now that she's her usual morning person self again so not gonna lend you a hand yeah it's good yeah it's good uh yeah (laughs) as yes uh yeah you give them a hand they uh pack up the campsite throw it on the back of the mastiff you are kind of just like pets the mastiff across the head and just was like shaking the the jowls and the fur <laughs> and it's just like licking her all over and just like gross slobber on the face like the tongue is probably about like this big it's not very oh, not very sucks uh, <laughs> it's a this big is what dog does it. it's a giant bug eats dog. a person's hands this is what does it though <laughs> um and then she climbs onto the back and uh Yua and Kaisa kind of exchange some private words in, in solitude before they kind of approach to join all of you at the northern edge of your little campsite. And Kaisa nods to each of you and says, uh, Shall we continue onward? Uh, Maisel, again, riding would be uh, best in this case. These areas get deep. Um, when we get closer to the city, it will be safer to walk. Okay. Um, I want to fight. I want to uh, try to. I tur- want to try to solo lift like Demita onto one of the bugs um, without asking for help. Uh, but that's what I'm like attempting to do, getting it up on um, make, and pushing on. Make a strength check. <clears throat> okay. What about a gumption check? Can I go with a gumption check? Moxie. What about Moxie? Uh, strength I actually a... have a Moxie resource. That's right. Oh yeah, you're right. Uh, it's a fourteen, Dylan. Fourteen? Okay. Yeah. Uh, you you can't. You you try. You really do give it your best. You're able to get him up to where he's like <clears throat> close, but you yeah. just the extra. Yeah, I would imagine it's like a dome, so he keeps like sliding back down. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, gonna I, help. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I think Dragon's gonna wait to see if Maisel can do it on her own for Maisel's pride <laughs> before stepping in to help. Yeah, she needs a hand for sure. Um, yeah, um, you, I would imagine. Yeah, I would imagine you probably can just like one hand it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean between the two of you, uh, like mazel like you climb up top and like grab him by like his clothes and, and drain you kind of with your extra height kind of push and you guys get him up onto the the back of the beetle and situated near the horn again where he can kind of be uh left comfortably to sit um still you know just doing his best to best to breathe but hasn't regained consciousness since you last spoke to him uh, and with okay, that, and I'll tuck in behind him again, like I did before. Yeah. And with that, you guys can continue your journey northward. Um, one more time, uh, this Lego journey is the shortest, so you have um, just one one stage to go. Um, if I could get, um, if any of you would like to assist in um, kind of expediting the route, um, assisting with the journey northward in whatever way you would like, uh, what you'd like to do in order to do so, please. Let me know. I think I'm once again going to roll survival. Okay. Go ahead and make a survival check for me. Anyone else want to contribute to the last leg of the journey? Touchdown! (laughs) I got it at 18. Okay. 
So yeah, Drang is um, kind of paying very close attention to the weather and to the elements and looking out, especially for signs that things might turn for the worse. Okay. Yeah, you're familiar with this, not this specific part of this journey. Um, You've never traveled this road specifically. It's not really much of a road at all, but um, yeah, you kind of keep an eye out. You use your better judgment and your familiarity with this sort of uh, environment and apply that knowledge in a way that helps guide the party's movement northward. And Kaisa assists you once again with her familiarity with the area and coordinating the two of you are able to quite easily navigate this last leg of the journey. You all kind of make your way across these rolling hills and just uh, sharp edges of ice and snow, snaking your way through, you know, partially dead small like forests or collections of trees until you find yourselves cresting over this large bluff of snow, this giant snow drift. And as soon as you hit the top, Below you, in this large open area, you see a town. Circled on all sides by these large wooden posts making up this large wall or fence. With a gate on the north and south side that you can see from where you stand atop this bluff. The town is large. Quite large. Not as large as Gunner's Holt, but not too much smaller either. It is a rusted all. Your destination for now. Kaisa sees it and says, We are here, more or less. There will no doubt be guards meeting us at the gates. I would suggest uh, I speak. It will make things faster. Okay? You think we can't talk to some city guards or something? I do not doubt, but it will be faster this way. You are more than welcome to speak on your own if you would like. I would love to. I'm going to follow her up. (laughs) All right. She hops off and begins leading the group on foot. As you all begin to head towards the gates of Rostadol, you see that standing outside the gates of the town, there are actually three individuals in large, heavy cloaks with high-necked collars. They're also wearing a flat-topped, brimmed cap with a silver emblem on the forehead. The three stand stopped by a small group of townsfolk and a person clad in a familiar set of black plate mail. The sound of Kaisa leads the way, Ozzy, you directly behind, Maisel and the rest of you following just tightly behind that. You get closer and can hear more clearly the conversation occurring between these three and the group. You see that these three are, from your perception, attempting entry into the town. And the group seems to be sort of uh, blockading their way in. As you approach, the three individuals and the townsfolk and the legionnaire take notice of your presence and all kind of cast their glances at you for a brief moment. Most of them are unperturbed by it. The three in the cloaks turn back to the group. But the gentleman in the armor immediately stiffens at the sight of Kaisa, stands straight, and puts a fist to his chest in a sort of salute. Kaisa, seeing this uh, interaction, steps ahead just a little bit faster, and she says, 
what is um, hap- happening here? At which point the three cloaked individuals turn to properly address your entire group. Yes. If uh, if Ozzy isn't leaning in, uh, Maisel is going to like speed up and try to uh, like step around Ozzy to step right next to uh, Kaisa. <laughs> and okay. Yeah. Silently ask the same question of what's going on here. Ozzy's hanging back. He just <coughs> doesn't trust our two traveling companions, really. Okay. Um, Drang's gonna stick with Demeta on okay. Bug. She's not very social, and this seems like a people thing. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the gentleman in the in the armor speaks, and uh, he says, uh. Kaisa, these three seek entry into the town. We are just concerned. And you hear kind of like the murmurings of some of the townsfolk. There's probably about six of them. One of them just says like, don't fucking let them in. They're black coats. Don't let them in. Fuck them. Uh, the office, the, the gentleman in the, in the armor, sort of <laughs> ignoring the deriding comments of the, the townsfolk, uh, continues to speak and he says... We're just not certain if they're to be let in. Um, if you have an opinion on the matter, at which point the black cloaked individual steps in front of the armored gentleman and cuts him off and says, I see that you are the one with authority or rank in this situation. I am, well, myself and my two traveling companions are here on official business from the capitals. We seek entry into the town. We are being held up uh, unduly. Our purpose here is official. Our entry is permitted. And any act to prevent us from entering is one that may result in repercussions for these people and this town. Kaisa steps forward and says, Then I suppose we must let you enter. And she gestures to the group who all kind of start to part as Yua approaches from behind and this woman with this cap in the black cloak chuckles. She says, How fortuitous. We may, ne- we may not need to enter at all. We appear to, fa- appear to have found what we're looking for. And she steps one step closer to Kaisa and looks towards Yua and says, Miss Balasan, we are here to retrieve you and take you to the capital on the request of your father. Please, if you could come with us, we can leave immediately. And Kaisa what do you want with her? Kaisa puts her hand out between the two of them as you speak. The figure turns towards you, Maisel, and she says to take her to her father on his request to escort her safely across the wastes so that she may go to the capital. Right, going somewhere is a means. We're all going somewhere to do something else, but bringing someone somewhere is to bring them to and end. What's the end of that? What? 
Indeed, what? Kaisa steps between the two of them and kind of stands firmly and says, It has been a long journey for myself and for you and for our companions. Perhaps rest is in order. You seem to have come far. Please, enter. The Iron Hand is sure to give you food and lodging, and you may leave tomorrow after a conversation is had. And there's this tense stillness in the air for a moment as the two of them just stand across from each other staring. Well, who's your dad that you get such a uh, big shot escort to the capital, huh? Are you speaking out loud, or are you like, are you speaking privately to Yua? Uh, I am addressing Yua, but I would not describe it as private. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, she she kind of like looks around nervously, and she says, um, "My my father is an officer in the Uden Guard." You get a three-person escort for having an officer for a dad? The cloaked woman speaks up uh, loudly so that you can all hear, and she says, Her father is the chief engineering officer for the guard within the capitals. Interesting. Okay. Much more I am not privy to say. Now... This agreement seems like a fair one. We will enter, we will eat, and we will sleep, and then we will depart in the morning. And she looks past Kaisa at Yua. It is an agreement. And she turns towards the group of uh, <coughs> townsfolk, and her and the two officers standing with her walk through them, into the town, through the gates. I will stand no longer. I'm strolling in. All right. <laughs> Kaisa kind of sighs and waves everybody to go back into the town and they all start fanning outward and she stops for a moment to speak with the other guard, uh, the other legionnaire. And all of you begin to enter and are now officially in the town of Rostadal. It is similar to Gunner's Holt in architecture and structure. The town's uh, roads are mostly uh, hand-laid stone. Um, that is encroached upon by ice, snow, and mud. And the uh, buildings themselves are similar in some ways. They are stonework, thatched roofs um, to keep the moisture out. But some of them are more uh, akin to that, like a Viking longhouse. Uh, These long, uh, tall roofed buildings with these angular points where you can see smoke rising out of them from uh, personal fires inside the buildings. And you see people milling about, doing their business, selling goods, going to work, performing their trades. And Kaisa, with this other legionnaire, follow up behind you all as you enter the town proper. Kaisa turns to all of you and addresses you for the first time since you've really arrived in the town after a minute of entering. And she says... You are under no obligation to continue following us, but um, if you could, I'm certain that the Iron Hand would prefer to speak with you. 
this evening there will be food if you come to the main lodge at the center of town there will be dinner you are welcome he may want to speak to you regarding what happened in the wheel but you are no, under no obligation so are you like the chief of police around here <laughs> no far from it I have the respect of few but it is earned less so for others but please town is yours to explore don't get into trouble why did Stay you look at me <laughs> and she certainly did absolutely <laughs> <laughs> she says no reason Please, um, there's much to see here. Uh, you may be in the middle of nowhere in the ice and snow, but we still have things we are proud of. So, please, enjoy the town while you are here, wherever your journeys take you next. And she nods and turns to you. We should see your grandfather soon. Soon, you please. And the two of them kind of break off and start heading towards the heart of town. Edge of the World is hosted on Shortwave, but Shortwave does way more than just host our audio. Shortwave builds our feed, gives us audience analytics, packages our player, and gives us a free website too. But the coolest thing is that Shortwave stitches our content together automatically so we can do things like swap this ad out for another one whenever we want, or change the outro on all of our episodes at once to announce new projects. Whether you're starting your first podcast or migrating your incredibly successful one over, Shortwave is super easy to use and comes with a free 14-day trial at goshortwave.com. That's G-O-S-H-O-R-T-W-A-V-E.com. Get started with hosting, syndication, analytics, web players, and dynamic content stitching at goshortwave.com. Uh, as they break off, I want to just visually like try to remember as much as I can about the rifle that I uh, broke really badly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, make an intelligence check. Okay. Just general intelligence. Yep. Uh, that is a 13. Okay. Uh, you recall the vague like idea of its, its general construction and shape. Um, you know very little about how it works, just even to begin with. And trying yep. to recall it post is harder. You find yourself okay. just kind of a, a caricature of it in your mind. Okay, cool. And you all are in Arostadol. You have the main thoroughfare stretching out uh, into the distance before you, and many small uh, buildings, both abodes and shops, uh, in all directions. Uh, what would you like to do now that you've arrived in the town? What's up with our bugs? They're just following in tow behind you. Some of the townsfolk, as you kind of just entered the uh, the gates, are only now beginning to notice uh, that you have your mounts in tow. And they're kind of like whispering, and some of them are pointing and like look a little concerned, nervous. Um, no one's said anything or approached you about it, but you've caught the attention of the townsfolk with it. That's mu- That much is sure. Cool. Um, to the other two, I say, uh, you should probably find a... Uh stable for these guys or something right we are being looked at quite suspiciously yeah there's there's one way to draw attention to you and it's two big bugs 
My mother always said that. <laughs> um, I see. Yeah, I'd be up for finding a stable. Okay. A bug stable. Bug, bug stable. stable. <laughs> sure. We must yeah. find bug stable. Um, yes. <laughs> sure thing. So you guys can. Uh, wh- how are you guys going to approach locating a stable? I should ask. Like, I'm going just gonna, to just going to walk around town and just mill about until you see one, or you can ask for directions. What's the what's the tack? Yeah, I'm going to harangue a bystander. Okay, Excellent. you approach <laughs> a woman, kind of pushing a cart, a little like hand cart with uh, a bunch of like uh, gourds that have like just a faint bit of like frost forming on the exterior of them, and she's like wheeling them down the thoroughfare, and she's just the first person you see who isn't, like, actively, like, staring at the, the insects and trying to make distance between you. Um, cold gods! Ice cold! <laughs> uh, and she sees you and kind of, like, stops and, like, looks at your feet and then all the way up to, like, your completely covered hooded visage and then back down again. Ozzy's like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> she stops. Uh, yeah, Yes? How much for your coldest gourd? <laughs> How durst thou? <laughs> How friend durst thou? Yeah. What cold? They're all pretty cold. It's cold out. They're I would like. Cold. I'm cold. Ma'am. You're cold. <laughs> Ma- I think. Ma'am, I don't. I don't want to misrepresent cold. myself here. I am a man of great means, and I would like your coldest gourd. Oh, she immediately I will pay you a premium. F- <laughs> she grabs the first one within reach and holds it out to you. Here, here, you, here you go. It's a name your price. One silver. One one silver piece. <laughs> As he pulls out a silver piece mm. and holds it out to her, um, and then ex- she, accepts. She, she the sets gourd. down the hand cart. <laughs> and takes the silver and hands you the gourd. Um, it is this sort of, like, oblong, like, like kind of, like, pill-shaped gourd. Um, mm. And you realize that it's not actually frost that's building on it. It's actually, like, some sort of, like, mossy material that looks like frost. And as you touch it, it, like, it doesn't wipe off. It's, like, like it's, like, adhered to the exterior of this, like, large pill-shaped uh, gourd. And as you pick it up, Gord Harry. Like, it is extremely heavy. <laughs> like, very heavy. Surprisingly heavy. Ozzy says, uh, my god, woman, this gourd has gone completely bad. They're all... I, I just I just <laughs> recently harvested them this morning. They should be all fine. I checked them all. It's got, like... Explain this growth. Frost moss? She, she just, like, points. <laughs> I'm sorry, did you say frost moss? And it's on all of them. She's like, "You're not from here, are you?" This frost moss is it edible? She kind of like her eyes dart around. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I like the cut of your jib, ma'am. Um, where can I find a stable for my big bugs? Oh shit! <laughs> Trying helpfully gestures toward the bugs. <laughs> Maisel's waving next to the bug. <laughs> Behold um, our bugs. <laughs> it's a bit big for this. Um, we don't really have a stable. Um, 
this far north, their um, horses can't really manage the cold. There's a kennel. Um, they will, they will devour the dogs. We were warned of this. Oh, they eat the dogs. I don't know. They but again, we could eat dogs too. <laughs> if we wanted to, I could not. It's just a matter of willpower. I could not eat a dog. No. She starts lifting uh, neither, the handcart. I have <laughs> neither my teeth nor my stomach are capable of eating meat. Listen, I, if you're just if you're just trying to find a place for them, I, I don't know. You could maybe talk to the uh the barracks they have a um they have a lot of extra land outside the legion barracks they might be able to let you hitch them up there i don't know if it's safe to to put them anywhere else fuck those things are terrifying i'm thank you young one it was nice and she kind of picks it up and starts like walking away before even finishing that sentence and just like starts making tracks as quickly as possible as soon as we put these things somewhere we we need to take care of Tamita. I, I can't believe we're yes. focusing this much on bugs. Well, do you want the bugs to run wild in the town, Maisel? Come on. I said after. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right um, I don't know. If one of you wants, you can take Demita where wherever he needs to go, but I feel like I'm going to need one of you because these bugs do not like me. This is true. All right, yeah. You guys uh, head into town. She kind of pointed in the general direction of the barracks when she was giving you her very, like, haphazard and and careless uh, instruction. And after kind of walking down the main thoroughfare for a few minutes, you eventually happen upon what, if anything, looks like the barracks for the Legion. Um, If only because you see two individuals in black armor sitting out on, like, the, the steps of the barracks, uh both passing a, like, pipe back and forth as they're smoking uh, from, like, this long, like, it looks like it's carved from, like, horn or, or something as they're just, like, taking puffs of smoke and blowing it out and then passing it back and forth and chatting as you all approach. Uh, Hail! Would... I, I actually, I, sorry, I want to say, I, yes. like, I ran off ahead a little bit, so I'm not like, oh, okay. I don't have two people and also one, di- three people and one dying person and two bugs with me. Okay. I'm just little old Maisel. <laughs> All right, you, you approach and when you say, when you call out to them, the one that recognizes, that sees you first and kind of stands up uh, is a um, half-elf uh, gentleman um, with like a, a very tight black like black hair pulled back into a tight little ponytail um and he's wearing this black plate mail that has the um the chest has this like intricate embossing of a like female archer where the chest plate where it curves is like the curve of the bow and she's like standing above drawing an arrow back that's pointing like straight down and drawing a line down the center of the chest plate um, and in fact, most of the armor has this sort of like embellishment across it with like this motif of bows and arrows as he stands and hands the pipe to this human individual standing, uh, sitting next to him and steps forward, uh, kind of grabbing his helmet and tucking it under his, his arm as he walks forward. And he says, uh, yes, hail, um, hello. 
Do you we um help? Do you do you know Kaiser? Yes. I Right. I we we came into town with I'm sorry, I'm M- Maisel Fisk. Um uh uh, uh Ard Ardbane and he holds his hand out to you to shake it. Divine to meet you. I'm wondering if, uh, and it, like I gesture back, and I would imagine that like they've been slowly approaching on the bugs. Yeah, they, they, <clears throat> you guys kind of like begin to come up from behind, and he's like, as he shakes your hand, his eyes kind of go wide as he looks behind you at the group. You we said you came into town with <clears throat> Kaisa. That's right, and we're in a a bit of a bit of a way about us. You you see, um, and I point to Demeter uh, on top of the one bug. As I have said, friend Ozius, no amount of willpower will make me capable of eating a dog. <laughs> well, you see, I, you know, I, I saw you turn into a bear, so if you had the will to turn into a bear uh, and no. eat a dog... I see, yes. This I understand, yes. This is correct, <laughs> yes. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for your perspective. <laughs> The, I'm glad we could reach an agreement. <laughs> the half-elf yes. gentleman looks over his shoulder and he just shouts, Ruda, Ruda. And the second legionnaire approaches and they both kind of stand there. This one, um, you see, has a large, like, uh, bear paw print on its chest. And the helmet he's holding under his arm, the entire faceplate is a bear face, like, with its mouth open. Um, Does, um, that, that the second guy was human, yeah? Yes. Um, so I think Maisel is just more comfortable, like, interacting with a human, having grown up, like, in a little town. Mm-hmm. Um, do I... Can I glean anything, like, that I recognize off of that armor? Or, like, do I just know anything other than it's a bear? Uh, make a... Just make a make a intelligence check. Just another generic, like, intelligence check. Ooh, don't know anything about that. That's a four. Uh, no. It's armor, and it's okay. got a bear motif. And the other one has an archer motif. They both got a theme. Cool. Uh, <laughs> as the, the second dare, the second legionnaire approaches, he goes, Hey, um... Hey, yeah. What's, what's going on? We, uh... We came in with... With Kaisa, and... Uh... Well, her, you, her. you came... You came in with... With a scola? Really? That's what I said. Well, not quite what I said, but that is the rest of her name. How'd you... How'd you meet a scola the skull? Like, no offense, but you all don't look like the, uh... Fight, fighting, fighting type. Oh, <laughs> have you know, we just fought yesterday with a large group of dragon folk. Oh. He points at Demita, like, whoa, uh, your friend looks like a... Shit, yes, that's right. You should see the other guys, as it were. But uh, you cannot, because their corpses are collected. We stuff. need help. He's going to die, and we've got these giant yep. bugs traipsing around your city. Oh, shit, those bugs are huge. Uh, <laughs> all right, um, y'all... Um, like our bane, I don't, I don't really know if we should just like let him in. Like it's kind of a, 
Those bugs are fucking big. Uh, please, we're just trying to get them out of your way. You know what? There's a there's a practice range for archery in the back. Uh, it's big and it's open. Um, we don't really use it a whole lot this time of year because it gets snowed over and it's too much work to shovel it out. Um, you, you can take them back there. The the big like in, there's this big like like roofed area. I think you could hitch him to that. But if it breaks, maybe that will be bad, but you, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all are very kind. Ah, I hear that a lot. <laughs> he just smiles, and he's got like a couple teeth missing on one side. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> Only on one side. Like, he got hit really hard once and just lost a couple you know we should probably you. and he like like shoves uh the half elf gentleman he's like our bit you sh- uh our we should help this is uh and as soon as they like approach to help one of the bugs like rears up a little bit and its head like its head tilts and its mouth opens and they're like oh <laughs> shit um <laughs> okay the time has come yep go ahead right on just right around no. the back of the barracks, and you can take them right back there and hitch them up to the... If it breaks, I don't even <clears throat> care. <laughs> what can we do will... about him? Pointing to Demeter. Mm, yeah, we can, um... There's a... I mean, we have a town uh, doctor you can bring him. Uh, bring him into the barracks, and we can get him up on a cot, and we'll go... Art, go get the... Go get the doc. And he's like, oh... Thing yes. You. yes, of course. I was. We very would be just that. Very and grateful. He, he starts like sprint, like jogging out into the street and off into the distance. And the okay. other gen- the human gentleman approaches and he's like, "Hey, let's get him. Uh, let's get him inside and get him on a flat surface." He looks a bit that I want to help with. Okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, the two of you help get him down off the the mount and into the barracks, which is pretty meager on the inside. Lots of these just like very small rooms stacked side by side by side by side all the way down the full length of this like long narrow building with a large dining hall in the back and you guys just find the first like completely empty room that is lacking like furnishing like personal uh items and you guys carry him in and lay him down on this cot man this guy uh woof not, he's going to be fine. Not look good. I'm I'm sure he will. He's uh he's not bleeding, which is good, but he definitely is. You know, you probably know better than I do. I um I do know he's going to be fine. Co- correct. <laughs> I I agree. We should probably this is awkward. Maisel sits down like on the side of the bed and just like ignores him and is not going to move for at least a moment. So. Got it. And he walks out. I would, yeah. I would just like to point out that after the bugs got tied up, I did not follow. I, Ozzy walked off with Zeph to do his own thing. Cool. Yeah, Zeph just like... Oh yeah, this is where you two were headed. <laughs> just, mm-hmm. just so we know. Yeah. <laughs> And All right. once Dryan gets the gets the bugs settled, she is gonna join Maisel. Okay. 
the two of you join Demita by his bedside. Uh, Ozzy, where are you going? Um, I am going to harangue another passerby. Okay. <laughs> There's a, a, like, a gnomish gentleman with, like, a he got a gourd? Big... He doesn't have a gourd. He's got mm. white, like, a white poofy, like, chin And then poofy <laughs> white hair. Um, did you keep the gourd, by the way, or did you get rid of it? No, I still have the gourd. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> You're just carrying a big old you, uh, fucking Dr. Mario pill. <laughs> you approach the, the gnomish gentleman who uh, sees you, and he just, like, looks at you and Zeph and waves. He's uh, just, like, walking down the thoroughfare, minding his own business yeah. when he, when you two, like, totally. like when you in particular start walking towards him, and he's, like, looking around at other people, <laughs> and he notices that you're walking towards him, and he's like, well, hey there. What can I do for you today? You look like you need some help. Your friend looks um, like you need some help, and he points to Zeph. He's <laughs> like, you look terrible, my friend. You look <laughs> like shit. As they would say, I am. I am always telling him he needs to take better care of himself. <sighs> <laughs> I could really use a a self care regiment. I've been told. Fucking uh, <laughs> fuck. Um, to the uh, to the gnomish gentleman, I say, um, my good man, um. I have a question for you, but first, can I interest you in a gourd? <laughs> he looks at the gourd in your hands, and he, like, inspects it. He's like, can I, uh... No, oh, please. Please, be my it, guest. And he holds it up, and he sniffs it on the side where the moss is growing. Oh. Oh. Uh, I'll give you a gold for it. One gold, my good man, you have yourself a deal. And he pulls out the gold and he hands it to you. And he kind of tucks it under his, uh, he like looks around, like, and tucks it into the bag that he has at his side. It's like, thank you. Uh, was that all you, you needed? Uh, and he like, he's like patting it and like trying to like protect it. He's like standing in a way where he's trying to keep it out of sight. Oh. Uh, or I only here to sell on. you that fine gourd. Um, where can I find, uh, you know, uh, a clothing retailer or a uh, a fabricery? Um, I'm looking to get an outfit made. All right. I um, let me think. Hmm. Seamstress. Seamstresses in town. There is. There's the loose thread. There's the loose thread. They're they're kind of in the, the center of town. You could you could head there. I've never been myself. I heard that they make some pretty fine uh like bespoke garments, if you're looking for something like that. Um outside of that, most of the traders sell most of the clothing here, just like, you know, your average, like tunics and cloaks and stuff. Shit to keep you warm when it's cold out, because it's always cold out. <clears throat> but if you're looking for something more uh, custom made. I've I've heard of them. Never been there. Don't know what it's like inside. But best bet. 
loose the loose thread sounds perfect um thank you my friend i appreciate your time and please enjoy that gourd as much as i have oh that's not the gourd i wanted and he <laughs> and he starts like walking away with like a <laughs> jaunt in his step this place is weird all right let's go buy some clothes Ozzy's flipping his gold piece. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. Uh, As you guys head towards the the loose thread, um, Maisel, Drang, you all uh, finally, uh, after waiting a few moments for the uh, the Legionnaire to return with the doctor, uh, someone enters. A uh, half-orc gentleman. uh, Tall, kind of really closely cut hair. Um, with small uh, little circular glasses put uh, kind of down at the end of his nose. Um, and he's wearing like a nice like button-up uh, tunic um, with black leather gloves. And he's got this big doctor's like leather bag at his side as he enters. And he looks around... A big bag or a big doctor's bag? Big doctor's bag. Like a, like, like, very, like that traditional like clam... Yeah. Bag. I was just making a joke. Yeah, the, the bag be belonging to the big doctor. There, yeah. Makes, yeah. Oh. Yeah. He's like, what? No, I'm here. I'm paying Tall doctor. <laughs> hey, um, hey, no, hear me out, though. Tall doctor. Mm. <laughs> now, now we're on to something. Now we're right. on to something. <laughs> All right. He, uh, he uh, like, nods to each of you. There's someone here who's uh, not well. I Him. am told. Mm. He steps forward and kind of just like pushes past you all. He doesn't really acknowledge you for the most yeah. part. Drang um, is seated on the floor. She's not particularly in the way. Yeah. He pushes his glasses up the bridge of his nose and he leans over the cot at Demita. And he says, mm, This is. And he kind of like inches up closer and leans over and grabs Demita's arm and pulls his sleeve up and feels at his hands and feels for his pulse and just kind of looks him over and after a a moment or two he uh, sits like stands back up fully kind of like looming over the the cot and he swallows hard and he says he is in no threat of dying, but he is not well. There are injuries that are pervasive. He will need treatment to ensure that his life does not become at risk from internal bleeding, further damage caused by whatever did this. It's impressive, though, that there are no wounds. He was healed magically, and he looks around at all of you. Mm. It does well for that on the surface, but the deeper problems remain. He will need care to heal fully. Are there any other injuries I should be aware of? Where was he harmed before he was healed? He said that he would no longer walk. But he has to, so that... 
that can't be what happens. Hmm. I see. Where was his, um, his injuries before they were healed? Do you know? I mean, he's probably still wearing torn clothes. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, drying motions to. Okay, yeah. To, so he. Yeah. He, yeah, he kind of. Mm, and he kind of pulls up his tunic and around his like stomach and abdomen. And when he presses down, you can see Demita's face like wince in pain, even unconscious, and he pulls his hand away. Mm. There are still deeper lacerations in his. Uh, abdomen. He could heal with treatment over time. It will keep him from dying, but what you say of his ability to walk, I am not certain. That is what he said, is all I know. He looks at all of you. I am going to move him to the infirmary. You need to wake him up. He needs now. He, he you be need to he wake him up. Myzel. No, we need to talk to him. If he can't, if he can't walk, he he needs to know that. But the young one will wake him, Myzel. He needs some time. I am sure I can have him awake within a day even this evening perhaps but he must rest for now I must begin giving him uh, aid now to ease the pain on the inside likely he is not awake because he is fighting for his life still the wounds on the inside will continue to go unhealed unless he is given treatment and he will eventually bleed out he will hemorrhage and die with enough time. So he and must be treated now, not later. He will wake when he is ready, this evening at the soonest. If I use some of my store of potions, it will help aid in the healing on the inside, but he will need a long, slow recovery to be 100%. I do not doubt that. Come then, let us take him to the infernary. Infernary. Mm. I do Third not track. know what Third it track. is. <laughs> no, it is, um, it is, um, Doctor House. Yes? Yes. Mm. Yes, let us. And Drang, I think, is going to, like, very gently scoop Demita up. Mm-hmm. knowing that I think Maisel would rather trust him to Drang than to a stranger. Yeah, the, I think that actually placates Maisel. Okay. <laughs> the doctor follows in tow, um, mostly staying quiet in outside of responding to uh, questioning, but he, he walks silently behind Drang, um, kind of directing and giving directions towards um, the infirmary uh, building, infirmary. which is... Infirmary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which is a little more than like a small house um single floor uh and as you all enter there's a few beds along the back wall and then lots of counter space and cabinets with numerous jars and bottles and all kinds of like um 
herbal uh, remedies that are tied and hanging um, to be air-dried. Um, it seems to be sort of a mix of an herbalist and a, and a doctor. Um, there's like operating tools um, on one of the shelves. And he gestures for you to bring Demita to one of the three beds, and you set him down. And he turns to you two after you lay him on the bed, uh, Trang, and he says, You can stay if you would like, but there is not much more that can be done here for him with your presence. If you would prefer to leave and return, you may, but this is up to you. I'm going to Trang begin, looks to Maisel. begin administering uh, aid immediately. You may stay if you'd like, but you will not be able to help any further. Drang looks to Maisel. Um, Maisel, petrified at the the thought of seeing anything bad happen, is actually gonna um, is gonna leave. Okay. Without saying, like, without saying it, she's just gonna walk out. Okay. <clears throat> Thank you. Yes. And okay. Drang's gonna give a polite little bow and <laughs> return this evening, and I will have news, good or bad. Thank you. We commend the young one to your care. And then she is going to follow Maisel. All right. Ozzy. You and Zeph. Oh, no. Arrive at the loose thread. It is a little, uh, like, mom and pop, like, textile shop slash uh, seamstress. There is a sign that has just, like, a painted uh, spool of thread. Um on the sign and just says the loose thread a nice little hand painted uh, text and as you step inside a little bell on the door rings and all along the entirety of the walls are just bolts of fabric of numerous styles, colors, patterns textures, like it's just wall, like floor to ceiling wall to wall fabric with a like desk at the very back and a back room just beyond that and standing behind the counter is a tiefling woman with like almost white skin with like this faint pinkish hue to it. And she has horns that kind of curve and come around almost to, into like a halo shape. And she's got big like circular glasses with gold rims and this like really simple um like black tunic with like a side slung like white scarf that hangs across one side and she is sketching with a charcoal pen in a like large like ledger size like notepad of paper as you enter and she hears the bell she looks up and adjusts her glasses and she says hello welcome I wasn't expecting to have any business today. There isn't any uh, local dignitaries or, or particularly um, notable individuals that I heard were in town. Normally, these are my slow days. Please, come in. What can I help you with? Well, I'm frankly not sure how you didn't get the message that an important dignitary was in town, considering that I'm here, but I'll forgive it. I suppose I owe apologies, then, from your tone. Uh, I'm, I'm just joking with you. I'm, I'm just a guy. I could tell. <laughs> um, so I have a uh, maybe a weird request for you. 
weird requests are entertaining, please. What is it? Have you ever seen the fights? Perhaps you could elaborate. Oh, no! Um, how do I go about this? Um, you're aware of traveling carnivals, right? They don't come this far north, typically. Can't say I've seen one. Not since I left the Riverlands. Saw a couple in my youth. So, in your youth in the Riverlands, did you ever uh, see one of the fights? There are many types of fights. I've heard of fighting rings, seedy-type places. But that doesn't sound like what you're speaking of. With a carnival. Well, you've got a... You got a group of people, and they're all, you know, putting their lives on the lines, performing incredible feats of strength, uh, just putting their all out there, um, in the search of something bigger. You know what I mean? They're all after something. Zeph is just, like, standing next to you, just, like, <laughs> staring at you as you talk, like, <laughs> utterly baffled by where any of this is suddenly coming from. <laughs> um... So that they're all putting it all out there in search of what they're what they truly want, um, and those people, you know, in service of their needs, they uh, they get into a ring and they put on some costumes and they all fight each other for about thirty minutes, and people pay money to watch it. You sell it quite fantastically. It is fantastic. It sounds like it. So what can I assist you with, then, my friend who is so familiar with these fights? Um, please, call me Ozius. Ozius, then. Uh, and your name? <laughs> Hope. Lovely to meet you, Hope. Um, so, you may have guessed this from my, uh, my colorful language and my uh, even more colorful clothing, but I myself am a fighter. Really? Your clothing doesn't speak of a fighter, more of someone desperately trying to drown in fabric. Yours is a bit tattered, though. She's, like, looking over the counter at your clothes, and she points out with her uh, pencil and finds one of the tears in your clothing from your more, more recent fights and begins to slowly pull it up to look at the uh, to look underneath uh ozzy yanks away okay you look like you could use new clothes i can understand why you would need the assistance of someone who purveys in clothing but i mostly do custom orders are you requesting something specific uh, yeah, well, depending on your prices, I'm requesting two things specific. Um, the first is a, uh, traveling outfit that's a little more reasonable than the one I currently have on. Uh, a little more mobile, as it were. Perhaps a little bit less to get caught on? That would be lovely. Um, one caveat, though. No exposed skin. Interesting. And the second? Well, I'm... Let's just say I've had a... I've had a taste in my mouth that, you know, has... I've been able to satisfy here and there, but, uh... I'm looking to get back into the game, as it were. Uh, but to get back into the game, 
you need a persona. And to have a persona, you need a costume. And what costume are you asking for, my new friend, Ozzyus? Well, that's the fun part. How familiar are you with the infernal plane? She just grins widely. Personally? Familiar. Well, uh, then you've already got the theme in mind, I'm sure. I do, apparently. Any Um, specific requests? Other than a general uh, idea? Uh, once again, no skin. I have a, a, a gimmick to keep up, you know? The masked man. I see. Tell me, Mr. Ozzyus, what are you planning to do once you get this costume? I understand the idea of these fights you speak of, but where are you going to find them? You're awfully far north for traveling carnivals. Well, I know you had mentioned you'd never seen one, uh, so maybe you'll be seeing one soon. Interesting. Very ambitious, if I'm to understand your assertion. Well, perhaps we should discuss some details. My drawing room is in the back. We can take some measurements and discuss cost. She gestures towards Zeph. And are you requesting the same such thing? And he just immediately shakes his head. He's like... (laughs) I don't know about any of this shit. I just was along for the ride. Um, and she says, Perfect, you can take a seat. There is a chair just by the counter here. Um, if you're not... Well, if you're not actually purchasing anything or having anything commissioned, I'd rather you not enter the drawing room. Please, if you could take a seat and wait for us to finish. Mr. Ozzyus, would you like to step back here? And she pulls Uh, the, like, latch top of the counter. Please lead the way. I'll be with you momentarily. And she walks to the back after opening the little latch top door of the um, counter for you. Um, Ozzy... (laughs) Ozzy shackles Zeft (laughs) to whatever he can. (laughs) The the bolts of of fabric are on, like, giant, like, racks that are metal, and you just shackle him to it and he's just like where am i gonna go i don't know where we are fine as he gives him gives him a little cheek pat and says uh you can never be too careful you're bad i'm saying with the mic on this time ozzy is chaotic neutral (laughs) valid yeah um and i would like to head to the yeah yeah as you head back into the drawing room it's a square room, but it feels rounded as there's these racks of clothes in this, like, circular pattern making a circle in the center. A, there's a trifold mirror in the very back with a little stool slash, like, step stool sitting right in front of it. 
and there's like a rolling cart with a bunch of like sewing tools and like fabric measuring tape and all this stuff. But in particular, you notice that in the very back, there are like mannequins, like clothing mannequins with outfits already on them in pre-construction. And as you step back through this curtain towards the back room, she closes the curtain behind you. And on those busts, these sort of like um, figures are very intricately designed outfits. One very specifically adorned with numerous colorful tassels all the way up and down the arms of the clothes. And on the back, the head with this large, like, like falcon-like mask with uh, little like rhinestones all the way across it. The other is this like leather and cloth outfit that is spiked at the shoulders. There's this headpiece that has like um, these long, like again, sort of like tassels hanging from it. Um, and just these like crazy intricate straps across the chest. And as the curtain closes behind you, she steps up towards the center of the room and turns to you, Ozzy, and she says, So, Mr. Ozzyus, tell me, are you a heel or a face? <laughs> I love this lady. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I've always been a bit of a heel. You and me both. It's <laughs> getting flirty. <laughs> I love her so much. <laughs> and that's where we'll take our break. Edge of the World is a production of Tales from the Tabletop. Show notes, lore, fan art, and information about our other projects, including the Heart Engine role-playing system, are available on tfttpresents.com. Follow us on Twitter and on Twitch at tfttpresents. Join our Discord from the link on tfttpresents.com. This episode of Edge of the World was edited by Kathleen Childs. Our music is by Louis Zong. Our cast is Kat McDonald, Dalton Stevens, Dylan Irish, Joe Turner, and me, Bill Hinderman. Edge of the World comes out on Mondays and Thursdays, and we stream listen-alongs on Twitch on the last Friday of each month. Our full release and streaming schedule is available at tfttpresents.com. If you like this episode, please share it with your friends and leave a rating on Apple Podcasts. It helps more than you could possibly imagine. Edge of the World is hosted on Shortwave. Thanks for listening.